0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group.
1: It's Monday, October 23rd, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about safe havens, crypto prices climbing despite rising U.S. yields, and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder… Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. In markets, the past few days have been extraordinary on many levels. In crypto, we have Bitcoin as well as smaller tokens climbing, just as US bond yields continue to reach multi-year highs. In theory, this should be hurting crypto prices, but we're not seeing that. According to Coindesk indices at 8am Eastern Time today, Bitcoin was trading at $30,667, up 2.5% over the past 24 hours. Over the past week, Bitcoin is up 13%, 15% over the past month. Ether is outperforming for a change, up 3% today, trading at $1,677. Other tokens are doing even better. Dogecoin is up 7%, Matic 9%, Chainlink and Ava are up 11%. As we've been discussing on previous shows, there are many narratives in play here. One is the gravitational pull of Bitcoin. This is being pushed up by several factors, including expectations of a spot ETF approval, and by growing conviction in its role as a safe haven in crazy markets. Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market are highly correlated, and interest in the flagship crypto asset does trickle through to others as well. We're also probably seeing the covering of short positions with traders scrambling to close out bets that the market would decline further by buying assets in the spot market. It's not yet clear whether this is the beginning of the next run-up, or just a brief gust of friendly wind as the market repositions. Everywhere outside of crypto, there are signs that markets are moving away from risk, yet crypto sentiment seems to be turning tentatively positive. I said it before, and I'll say it again, things are strange. They are also strange in macro indicators. Earlier today, the US 10-year Treasury yield, which can be seen as a measure of risk in the market, rose above the symbolic level of 5% for the first time since 2007. This is weird on many levels, but two things particularly stand out. One is that this last leg up has not been accompanied by a climb in the DXY dollar index. Normally, US yields and the dollar move in tandem since being able to earn more on your dollars logically increases demand, especially if rates elsewhere are expected to start declining. But we're not seeing that now. Since U.S. yields started climbing again a week and a half ago, the U.S. dollar has trended slightly down. This could be to do with growing expectations that Japanese interest rates will need to rise soon to stem the depreciation of the yen, which this morning came perilously close to the psychological level of 150 yen to the dollar. The last time it was around this level, the Bank of Japan stepped in to support the currency. Japanese rates rising at a time when US rates are expected to start dropping could trigger the migration of investor funds from dollars into yen. Another strange thing about the climb in yields is that the continued drop in bond prices, which move inversely, suggests that the usual safe haven narratives are not working here. US government bonds are seen as the world's most liquid safe haven, and when geopolitical tension ratchets up, you would expect investors to rotate out of risk assets and into nice, safe dollar bonds. But we're not seeing that. The TLT index, which tracks a basket of US government bonds, is down 5% on the week, 11% on the month. On Thursday, it hit its lowest level since 2006. Bitcoin at the moment, is behaving more like a safe haven than our US treasuries. In stocks, Friday saw another sea of red. The S&P 500 lost 1.2%, NASDAQ 1.5%, the Dow Jones was down 9 tenths. In markets, you sometimes hear traders and analysts talk about drawdowns. This is the amount an index or share price has fallen since its last local high. This is a useful way to gauge sentiment as it indicates how bleak investors are feeling relative to the last time they were feeling good. The deeper the drawdown, the deeper the negative sentiment. Well, the most recent local high for the S&P 500 was on the 31st of July. Since then, it has dropped almost 8%. This is an even steeper drawdown than that experienced in March, when markets were freaking out about the strains in the US banking system. In Europe, the market is also looking not great for stocks. On Friday, the FTSE 100 fell by 1.3%, the German DAX was down 1.6%, and the broader Euro stock 600 was down 1.2%. So far today, the main European indices are continuing to fall. In Asia, Japan's Nikkei Index fell over half a percent in today's trading, both the Shanghai Composite and the Hang Seng dropped almost three quarters of a percent to their lowest levels since November of last year. In commodities, The Brent crude benchmark has pulled back from its sharp climb late last week, trading at $92.34 per barrel. Gold has also eased a bit, trading more or less flat on the day so far at $1,980 per ounce. Stay with us. After the break, we're going to touch on two interesting political developments that could impact crypto markets.
0: CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back.
1: In headlines today, we're going to be talking about politics. We're going to start with the U.S. Now, U.S. politics is not something I often talk about on this show, But, given the current lack of success in getting enough Republican consensus to elect a Speaker of the House, it's suddenly and unexpectedly relevant to the outlook for crypto markets. First, this is the longest the US House of Representatives has been without a Speaker since the 1800s. A Speaker is a key role in getting bills passed, including those for the requested aid for Israel and Ukraine. The longer the delay in filling the position, the more bills are going to get backed up and the greater the delay in resolving key issues. This impacts the two crypto bills currently on their way to a floor vote. One would erect guardrails for US stablecoins, and another would establish wide-reaching rules for crypto markets at the federal level. To be honest, there was a very slim chance of them progressing beyond the House of Representatives anyway, given resistance in the Senate and given the scale of bigger issues regulators are dealing with. But the bills are a big deal for the crypto ecosystem and so this delay is something we need to keep an eye on. Over the weekend, however, there was a hopeful twist in this unfolding drama. Representative Tom Emmer of Minnesota has put his name forward as candidate for speaker. He is currently the majority whip, which means he is the second-highest-ranking member of the House Republican caucus. He is also one of the crypto industry's most vocal supporters in U.S. government, and should he win the support of his party, that would be a very good sign for crypto markets. Another hopeful takeaway? The person acting as temporary speaker is Representative Patrick McHenry, who is currently the chair of the House Financial Services Committee. If any of you have ever watched a Financial Services Committee hearing with SEC Chair Gary Gensler in the hot seat, and I recommend it, it's entertaining, you'll have seen Representative McHenry in action. He eloquently lays out how damaging the SEC's hostility toward crypto markets is to the U.S. reputation for financial innovation. He also gets visibly frustrated at Chair Gensler's refusal to answer basic questions on whether Ether is or is not a security. If there were any doubts that McHenry was also a strong crypto supporter, in 2021, he uploaded a copy of the Bitcoin white paper to his congressional server. Next, we're going to stay with politics, but we're going to head over to Argentina, which had presidential elections yesterday. Argentina's presidential race is relevant to crypto markets for what it says about just how much voters are looking for alternatives to the current global monetary system. It's also a relevant reminder that, for many in the world, Bitcoin is much more than a speculative asset. The results of yesterday's election were inconclusive, with the top two candidates now heading to a runoff on November 19th. The leader was current economy minister Sergio Massa, who came third in August's primaries. During his tenure, the Argentinian economy has declined to such an extent that it is now facing its sixth recession in a decade. Annual inflation is almost at 140%, and more than a third of the country lives in poverty. But he is promising tax cuts and social spending, which voters tend to like regardless of what this will do to the country's inflation rate and chances of additional international funding. Also, Massa is promising to launch an Argentinian central bank digital currency as soon as possible because he is convinced that will somehow fix the inflation problem. The runner-up is Javier Millet, who won August's primaries. Millet's economic approach is very different, not just from his rivals, but, well, from any candidate anywhere. He wants to abolish the central bank, slash the size of government, and move the country to a dollar standard. He is known to be pro-Bitcoin, calling it, and I quote, a natural reaction against the scam of central banking, end quote. What we could be seeing here is people voting in the primaries with their heart, out of frustration and a desire for change. Then, when things get real, people lean more towards safety. But Argentina will tragically become an example of what we could see repeat around the world as politics becomes increasingly polarised and has developing economies teeter under the pressure of rising debt costs and insecure supply chains. Javier Millet is certainly not a safe choice for Argentina, but nor is voting for more of the same. November's election will end up being a key test for just how much voters are willing to risk, as well as a high-profile glimpse into the role digital assets can play in regions struggling with high inflation and political stagnation. Meanwhile, for Argentinian savers, The appeal of Bitcoin as a store of value is apparent in the numbers. In Argentinian peso terms, Bitcoin is up 260% year-to-date and earlier today reached an all-time high. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news
0: and insights. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details.